0: Hey, what's up, Anchor Mates? This is episode number 75 of Midnight Coffee Hour. Uh, This is host Brian Bass. And um, we're going to go through 10 more uh, questions that you don't see very often or or that you don't really discuss about, but they're worth discussing. And they were either submitted by you guys or uh, I found them on the internet. But here we go. Number one. Does... Shame and blame work to change teenage behavior, so I feel like that's a an easy question for me to answer because I've worked as a youth care specialist for children uh, between the ages of eight and fourteen for the uh, last two years so um, obviously the older boys that I work at work with uh, are in that teenage portion um. So, blaming, I don't think has ever worked because uh for instance in in my setting, if we are to go on an outing, I worked okay, so real quick, background, I work at a residential facility for children with severe behavioral issues, so um it's in one way it's it's much like a correctional setting, but it's it's also very far from the stereotype that corrections has to the public eye but that's for another podcast i also worked in corrections anyway um in my setting if we are to go on an outing as a group then we must we must be able to handle that and that that is a a big thing is that the the kids are there because they cannot handle um being appropriate or, or or being um being uh all i don't know being prepared to be in in a society they're not, they're not healthy um in their behaviors so um it takes a lot for them to go on an outing and so on the you know if we were to go on an outing today and then all of a sudden one kid you know just has like a meltdown starts flipping couches and like punching holes in the wall or whatnot then uh what would happen is many of the other boys would blame him for, for the reason that we are not going. And when, in fact, they're right. That, that is why we're not going. It's because we have a current situation that we need to take care of. But in blaming him, they would involve themselves and they would become part of the problem. So that that doesn't work on on for, from the peer's perspective. But also, um, the only thing, that, the positive that comes from blaming, um, you know, from, you know... I guess in our our point our our position as a staff member or a authority figure to to the child or the teenager, you know, same deal. Um, <clears throat> the only good thing that could come from us blaming the kid for why you know we don't get to do things or whatnot would only be to acknowledge that there was an issue, um, and I think that there are. Probably a hundred other healthier ways of doing that to identify the problems. So blame never works, and it, it just it ends up backpedaling more than more than it brings good. Um, shame, on the other hand, I think shame is a, it's a neutral ground. I'm sure that I'll I'll pick a side by the time I'm done with this, but um, for me, I want to say it's a neutral ground because you know, as a a kid that did not have. Severe behavioral issues growing up. What I will say is that I always wanted to make somebody proud. You know? Whether that be family. Or, you know, a friend. Or what not. Um, and for me, my grandma. I always want to make my grandma proud. So, like... Um, and my dad. But that's just kind of a, a boy thing. Um, and so, what happens is... Say... I did something inappropriate, maybe called somebody a cuss word or something like that. Um, you know, and, you know, I've always been, again, trying to, trying to make certain people proud. Well, if those certain people just came up to me and told me that they're, they're very, uh, they're very disappointed. They're very ashamed of, of, of how I acted today or something like that. then that would set me back. I would, uh, it'd be kind of like an overwhelming thing. And I'm sure that for, for most kids or most teenagers, uh, the overwhelming thing has phases. Maybe you'll have a little fit first or whatever or you need, you know, cause things are unfair. It's not the way that you'd like it to be. Um, but at, at the end of the day, no matter what with, with people, you know, letting you know that they are ashamed or they're disappointed. Um, no matter what who you are you have a moment of self-reflection and I think that's what's what's good about it is that you can kind of reflect on you know why is this person who I've worked so hard to get pride from um disappointed why, why are they ashamed what did I do and then and then, you know you you reflect on it and they might have let you know already what you did and you just say well uh that That really sucks. I'm better than that, and and I fucked up, so we're going to get past that. So I think that shame does have a place, but um, blame does not not do any good other than identify the issues. Question number two. Do you think life exists or has ever existed somewhere besides Earth? Man, don't hate me, but yeah, yeah, I totally do. Because, um, I mean, it just kind of... I don't know <sighs> it's a big question, so out yeah, so I think that I think that life can exist, and I think that it probably has existed somewhere besides Earth, and the reason I say that is because um to the best of our knowledge, and I really don't know the numbers, but um we are but one planet in, like, an endless amount of planets and galaxies. So, and it's an ever-stretching thing, spaces. So, do um, I think that there's ever a chance, even a 0. .0001% chance, that uh, one of these other planets could have been able to sustain, you know, life? Uh yeah duh <laughs> like that's a if we're talking math it's a it's like a hundred percent guarantee that that with the endless amount of other opportunities that that you know I don't know I think the odds are in favor that that um, life could have existed somewhere else or maybe it does I know that's not mentioned in the Bible and that's the that's the hard part is it's like well how come that's not something that's mentioned well maybe there's a different bible for uh other you know other life forms or maybe those life forms don't read texts maybe they have other ways of learning and maybe they have you know maybe there's a different way that you know god has to contact them to let them know what you know their history i don't know that's a hard question um and it's just a just an odd question it's it's a question we've all pondered and such but it's hard for me to make a definite answer because i don't have the uh i don't have the proof i just have uh the concept so question number 3 should should computer games be used for classroom instruction uh yes and no I would say yes because it um I don't know, it's it it entertains the kid, it makes them feel more one on one with the teacher because the teacher is the game. Um there's more of a connection, there's more stimulation um because they're using their hands and their ears or whatever and their eyes and they're <clears throat> making more of a uh there's there's just more intellectual stimulation there. Um but it needs to be games that are, like, classroom games. Like, I don't know. How to, math games, you know? The, the I forgot what the game was that I did used to play. Or, like, the Oregon Trail. The Oregon Trail could be used as, like, a... I don't know. It can't be used for a whole class, though. So. They would have to create some curriculum around that, but I think that video games could be something... Uh, positive for classroom instruction if they were if the games were completely relevant to that specific course um, otherwise it would just be a playtime and and I don't know I don't know I, I, I guess. there is a separation between computer games and, and classroom instruction though like there's a level of discipline that comes in and taking some pieces of paper home and having to complete them and be completely correct versus having to go home and beat some levels. So (laughs) I, you know, and I don't know. So I, I think that computer games could be used for classroom instruction, but it should not be like the entirety of the classroom instruction. And they should be relevant to the course. Um and that's that's that number four what should we do to fight sexual violence against young women that's a it's a difficult question not really sexual violence against it doesn't think the age matters so what should we do to fight sexual violence against women Well, as men, we should stop being fucking weird. We should stop being creeps. We should stop... uh, You know... Having that mentality. And as women, too. Because women could... uh, You know... Women could be the aggressors in that situation as well. Against other women. Um, And it happens both ways. Men have... You know, men are victims as well. But primarily, it's women. And how do we what should we do to fight sexual violence against young women I think that we should teach it we should we should make it a part of the curriculum just like respect and how to act as a as a grown adult or or how to to, or maybe not as a grown adult just how to treat others and specifically um sexual boundaries and how and and how to respect those that should be a course that is mandatory and um I don't know. That's a that's a hard thing to answer. Like, what should we do to fight it? I don't know how to, how to fight it except for to make the laws more appropriate, make the penalties more appropriate, because these women are kind of scarred for life, so why should a man just go for, you know, six to ten years? Maybe less. Um... I, I, don't I don't really understand it. Again, I worked in corrections, and, and that was something that really pissed me off. Was, um, even though I'm I'm very much a non-drug user, it pissed me off how much time a drug, someone who had possession of 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 drugs, would have in comparison to, um, you know, an older gentleman, uh, raping a nine-year-old girl. And scarring her for life and actually i've i've been in a relationship with a, a victim of that um who was victimized from when she was you know twelve years old all the way till twenty um and uh she was very secluded to the rest of the world She was very trapped in that setting, and she had no she had she had no understanding of of the real world, but she knew that that wasn't right and, uh, it was by her father, so, um, you know, and then, like, she still has bad dreams, and she still talks about it, and it's still a very rough subject, it's still something that is hard on her, so, and it will be, um, and from the best of my knowledge, it's, it's a lifelong kind of, uh, nightmare that women have to deal with, and men, but, um, so what should we do to fight sexual violence? I don't know. We should <sighs> increase the the punishments, the penalties, you know, prison sentence-wise. Or uh, they should give us another right as a civil human beings, be able to um, be able to fight this stuff if we see it in public, be able to, you know, Legally, whoop someone's ass, or, or you know, <laughs> like be able to uh, be creative and kind of thin the herd if we have to, um, and then I, and and like that might sound really messed up to hear from me, but I I have absolutely zero respect for for child molesters and uh, rapists and um, molesters. I have nothing. There's 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 nothing good that comes from them, and I don't know what their purpose is on earth. So that's me. Uh that can that can be quoted, you know. But that's just my personal opinion. <coughs> Next question. Do child do you think child stars have it rough? Yeah, I do. Um obviously from our perspective we see nothing but fame and fortune and, and they definitely have it great when they're grown up and blah, blah 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 blah. But they don't have a real understanding, they don't have a real grasp of of life below them you know, they're born into this, and the other problem is that as child stars, it might seem really fun to do, or whatever, when you're six years old, but it might not be their passion, and also, in doing that, that'll separate them from education, and I'm not sure that they will know anything besides, you know, what they're doing, line memorization, acting, uh, you know, posing, all that kind of stuff, and so, like, it, um, I, I don't know, I think it just, it becomes such an obsession that that you know whenever they step out of that limelight they're kind of lost and they have to resort to other things and then like most child stars they end up going into heavy drugs and and finding their way to the bottom you know and so uh yeah i think they have it rough because they don't really have a choice and they don't they don't understand and this is their age where they should learn and they should uh adapt and and get their understanding but they're kind of forced into the same 9 to 5 setting so as children so there's that number 6 how important do you think it is to marry someone with the same religion um not at all i don't i don't think it's important at all i think that Um, If you are going to marry someone, their religion should not matter Because if you are going to marry someone, that implies that you love that someone Which means that uh, you care about that someone And I really hope it also means that you respect that person And part of respecting them is respecting their beliefs So, um, I don't think it's important to marry someone with the same religion So, I think they're entitled to their own religion, their own beliefs You're entitled to yours and if you're considering marrying them, then I already assume that you respect their, their right to, to believe whoever they want to believe. Their right to their religion. So, um, Next question. How would you feel about a computer grading your essays? I feel scared. Because <laughs> I will type the most excellent essay or paragraph. And before turning it into my teacher, I will click the spelling and grammar, which will give me about 95 problems that were wrong in that you know four-paragraph essay. So, um, I would feel scared about a computer grading my essays because computers will analyze every detail. Double spacing, you know, apostrophe in the wrong place, etc., you know, so I not comfortable, but then again, I'm out of that world anyway. So um, it's it's on it's under the younger crowd, but I don't know, that, that's that's worrisome because it would just be much much harder to um, to do well. So uh, question number eight: Should there be stricter rules about how coaches treat their players? I'm not sure what the rules are. But I would assume that they treat their players um, as a teacher would, because most coaches have to be teachers, um, which also implies that there won't be any violence, whether it be uh, physical violence, emotion. You know, I don't think that they're allowed to. I mean, I've seen movies and, and, and movies, you know, tell their own story, but I don't think that coaches should be able to damage. A person, you know, emotionally, physically, or, 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 you know, sexual violence, any of that should be something they're allowed to do. Because a coach is to provide support and to be there for you and to provide um, strategies and, and ways for you to improve, not to uh, belittle you or, or take advantage of you. So, um, I don't know what the rules are. But that's my two cents on how coaches should treat their players. Number nine. Should colleges fund wellness programs instead of sports? Hmm. Depends on what they mean by wellness program. Like fund a 24-hour gym instead of sports? Yes. Fund a... You know, yeah, actually, I'll just go with yeah. I think both are awesome, but should colleges fund wellness programs besides of sports? Sure. I think it'd be cool to uh you know if the colleges focused more on the um the food that they offer. Um if they also gave an amenity not um not specific to their sports players because it, as you know, getting in college sports is is not easy and there's not a huge pool of players. It's a it's a small group. So if they could Fund a twenty-four hour gym or, you know, a normal a gym, but like free to the students or whatnot. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be cool. I don't like the word instead of sports, but sure. I guess that would be a build to impact more people than, than a sports team would. Um but you know, sports are cool too. Question number 10. Why aren't there more girls in leadership roles? I don't know. I think that we should have more females in leadership roles because, um I don't know, they're human as well, man. They're not lower. They're not lesser. So why do we keep implying that? And also, I think we need more women in our leadership roles because... um You know, you got to hear the other end of the table. You got to have diversity. It's the same question as saying, like, you know, should Asian people... (laughs) Should there be more Asian people in... um, In leadership roles? Yeah, there should be... There should be... Everybody. Everybody should be in a leadership role. Male, female. Even transgender. I don't really have a a liking to or a fancy of transgender stuff, but I think that they 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 deserve a position and a leadership role as well, and that's because it's just a good diversity and, and you get to hear the insight from everyone and be able to make uh decisions that can better i don't know, help the crowd They can that can get a, a more i don't know how to describe it, but it's good because you get more insights and and you can give a better answer. You can make a better decision for the whole community. So, um, That is that. Why aren't there more girls in leadership roles? I don't know. I think it's because they are thought of as lesser. So that's my answer on number 50. Uh, If you like these questions, go ahead and submit some or give a like, subscribe. I don't really know if that's possible on this app, but do what you will. I will see you in the next episode either later today or tomorrow. As always, have an awesome rest of the day. And if it is nighttime, get some sweet-ass sleep and prepare for a most epic day tomorrow.